Welcome back, everybody. Um, today on the Satsung Podcast, we have, shit, one of the greatest grapplers of all time, but really just one of the sweetest, most humble dudes ever. Um, I talk a lot about being, um, or jiu-jitsu being my spiritual path. Uh, whenever I meet people where I can tell that jiu-jitsu isn't just something they do, it's literally their essence. It's who they are. It is how they relate to the world. I'm really attracted to that. And Shanji Hibiro is that dude through and through. And Justin, oh gee, started doing jiu-jitsu in 1991 in Brazil, was one of the first dudes to come up here and, and start. He's been in the game longer than almost anyone. Um, but just a phenomenal human being, an amazing teacher, and he's really built um, his jiu-jitsu world from the ground up but from jiu-jitsu being a huge sport now to no one even knowing who it is or knowing what it is he's just an amazing dude i'm honored to know him honored to call him a brother and uh, i can't wait to share a conversation with you as always this podcast is brought to you by on it on it is a human optimization company that is a purveyor of fine supplements apparel exercise gear um you know, on it has really, really changed my life. I mean that, um, you know, when I found out that I was going to get a partner with them, it, it absolutely blew my mind. I've been using on it products for years. The first product that I ever tried and the one that I use, well, I do the total human every day, but prior to the total human, the one that I used almost every single day, wouldn't leave home without alpha brain. Um, alpha brain is, uh, mix of some proprietary ingredients some cordyceps it is night and day i've given it to my manager he can attest to it everyone that i've given alpha brain to try um, has a noticeable difference in uh, word recall cognitive function focus flow state is the big one for me i would find myself on tour especially late into a tour spacing out on stage i'd literally be in the middle of a fucking song thinking about what i was going to eat for lunch the next day every time i take alpha brain i feel so present and and focused during the show i'm like super in it it really opens this heart space for me um so yeah if you go to onit.com anything that you purchase you use code satsung you will get a 10 percent discount without further ado my brother shanji hibiro <laughs> Shanji Ribeiro, welcome to the Satsung Podcast, dude. How are you? Oh, I'm doing amazing, man. I miss you, man. Oh, we, I, we haven't trained in a while. I know. Great. I know. I was down there. Um, I was down there a while back, but I don't think you guys were in town. And then I got, yeah, I, I got COVID when I was there too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've been traveling so much. So many stuff going on. Uh, coaching. Uh, I did compete at Pan Am in Florida. Saw that. Uh, you know the, the 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 school is being uh, being built, so there's a lot going on, and uh, hopefully I don't have to travel so much. Yeah, I'm gonna try and make. Um, I saw Raphael right before the thing in Whitefish, but I had to travel. Oh, yeah? So next year I'm gonna pl totally plan on it. I'm gonna take my motorcycle up there and just like make a cool, cool trip out of it. All right. Uh, maybe I'll join you on that one. Yeah, do it. Do it. You could come teach down here and then we can ride bikes up there. Oh, perfect. Yeah, man. So is your school, um, is your new school open? 
Uh, it's arguably pretty much everything is ready, you know, uh, as we know, COVID and all that stuff, this, the, 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 the procedures, they get a little like, uh, a little slow right now, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's, it's, I would say like, as far as structure is 90% done. The only thing missing is a little details, but, uh, we are scheduled to put the, um, the electricity tomorrow. And then once that's on, they can just turn everything on, ACs, and just connect the thing to electricity. And then the city comes in, gives us the uh, the approval, and then we're good to go. I love it, man. The, mat, the mats are there, everything there, 2,000 square feet of mats, uh, bathrooms, you know, showers. We're ready. Man, that's so cool. What's it like? Um, dude, Austin is becoming to jujitsu what, like, LA was to skateboarding like what is that mm-hmm. like having a school having a school in Austin with they've there's just so much going on down there is it weird with that much competition or are you like no no competition is great man uh a little story about 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 how I did things you know I moved to America in 2002 when uh, arguably jiu-jitsu wasn't even a business right like like I'll say business I'm seeing procedure you know how to sell how to promote things like that so in 2007, I moved to San Diego and there was no one like me and my brother, like from like big names, I would say, we're the first ones to get there. I think in San Diego, you had like Fabio Santos, which is like an old school guy. Uh, you had Carlo Valente also is like, you know, all I'm talking about, all those guys are Coro Bells. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the interesting part is that like Andre Galvan, Clark Gracie, uh, Johnny Faria, Hedges Labry, which are, you know, Atos, uh, Clark Grace Jiu-Jitsu Alliance and, um, and the Grace Humaita, which are the biggest school in San Diego. And they all train with me. They all like came in. So for me, competition is great because I think gets more people to know about Jiu-Jitsu. You know, I think that's important, important thing about it. Uh, I've been playing a move to Austin for the past five years. I came to, to flow grappling to do some work with them. And I had a meeting with Paulo Coelho, which at the time was really the only big name, you know, like title wise, you know, him is Fija, uh, Rob Rabati, um, you know, Gigantino, they're the biggest like gi names, you know? And I think, you know, and of course, Tim Planet came here with Ed Bravo and all that. So I think when, um, when COVID hit and, and, and flow grappling being in Austin, I think it really brought an attention to, to Texas because Texas is open. Um, you know what I mean? Like the mandates are really easy at the time. The schools are open. I think that really brought a lot of attention uh, to Austin in that matter. And of course, and it's funny because I moved here and then, I moved to San Diego and then Andre Galvão <laughs> moved to San Diego and all those guys are in San Diego. Now I move here. Now Craig's here and Gordon's here. You're uh, but in a way, like, yeah, but in a way, like, um, uh, they're, they're not my competition for two reasons, I think, because I don't think who wants to train with them is the people that want to train with me. And that's natural, right? Because I believe it is, man. Like, you can be the greatest champion in the world. Your vibe attracts your tribe. It's always going to be this way. Some people are going to be like, oh, Gordon's the greatest no-gi guy. They're going to go there. Well, maybe this is not for me. Oh, Shanji is amazing. His school is top-notch. Maybe they're going to go across the street. It's just how it happens. And in my opinion, guys like Craig and, and Gordon, 
uh, actually all South Austin and I'm Northwest. Oh, cool. Uh, so it's not even close to me. Uh, and also, I guess they would be more of like, I think they're more competition for 10 planets and Vile than for me. Sure. Because no they're, they're, they sell more the no gi or luta livre style. So for me, it's amazing because they are able to reach maybe people by their media media presence, by their marketing and things like that. So I think guys like them, whatever, like Craig is, is more of a, like a personality, he's more funny, almost like a comedian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, funny guy. And you see that Gordon is a very, he's very into politics, you know, okay, besides what he does with the fighters, he's very big into politics and express himself. So I think that calls attention from non jujitsu practitioners also. You know, and I think like as much as people like maybe like a guy like maybe a I don't know, maybe a friend of yours that's a singer will be like, What is this guy? It's a jujitsu dude. Like it's always like he never heard about jujitsu, maybe from you. Well, maybe I'll go. And then maybe they'll type jujitsu in Austin because they're looking for Gordon and they find my school. Totally. I think it's good for everybody, you know. So for me, competition is amazing. I have no issue with competition at all. I think um, I was able to do a, a, the flow grappling with Gordon. You know, we're talking about training eventually. For me, I don't care. I just want people to be happy and I want people to learn jiu-jitsu. doesn't matter the form. You know, I love gi and gi is my love, my passion. That's what my program is about. But as long as they're healthy, I think that's what matters. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I never even thought about that. Like, if someone was in Austin and said, okay, I'm going to be, how, how do I, like, I want to chase a world title. That's what I want to do. You know, I mm -hmm. think, I think if their plan was to do that in the gi, I think it would be a really obvious choice that they'd go to you. And with, mm -hmm. shit, with no gi too, man, your no gi game isn't slouch either, but it's like, yeah. I think there, like you said, there's this like, it, it's, it's interesting for me as someone that's been watching combat sports, you know, my first, um, time watching combat sports was UFC too. You know, mm -hmm. I was a little kid and I remember watching it. So I've known, I've known about jujitsu forever. And, and, but a, a lot of people, jujitsu is getting popular, even for people mm -hmm. that don't train. And it's, um, I think it's kind of like the same thing that we saw with, with MMA, right? Like there's someone that might not be an MMA fan, but everyone knows who Conor McGregor is because he talks a bunch yeah. of shit, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so I think you kind of need those guys, but I'm, you know, I'm really attracted to you and Lovato's uh, approach to jujitsu because it's, it, it isn't just like, Oh, I'm trying to get very good at this thing. You can really tell um, the thing that I picked up, uh, from both of you, especially getting to do a seminar and, and, and chop it up with, with Lovato too, is the like, it's actually your spiritual path. Like it is your spiritual practice is jujitsu. And that to me resonates really deeply. Cause I, I think jujitsu saved my life. Um, I don't know that I'd be doing music still if I wouldn't have found it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think you're dead on, man. I think people will, um, will find where they're supposed to be. And I think if they're yeah, looking for a, for a path, they'll find you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, and, and for me, uh, jujitsu, like I said, it, 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 being a champion is a is a it's a it's just a, an aspect of it. You know, I think being a champion for the the greatness that jujitsu is 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 literally five percent, like three percent maybe. 
you know, because the bread and butter of your school is is child development and and and, and person development. You know, I think that's what 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 makes the difference in a jiu-jitsu school. You know, it's it's not just I don't want guys that to go there and just want to learn how to kick ass. I, I want guys and, and, and families and kids that want to learn something for self-development and through this process, learn a skill, you know, and, 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 and maybe feel like, oh, you know, I want to try to be a competitor, you know, oh, I'm good at that. Maybe I want to pursue a career and I'm going to have all of that, you know, and, and my program for Six Blades, we go from the kids the 80 old guy, you know, and everything in between, you know, for artists. So, um, like I said, I'm very, because I'm 40 years old right now and I'm still, you know, competing at the highest level uh, of anything, gi, no gi, no time, submission only. And I try to use whatever my experience was and create something that's doable for anyone. You know, maybe leg locks are not for everyone, but you know, playing close guard and try to do a business. It is for everyone. You know, I think that's where, that's where my thought is. Uh, I, I'm here for the long journey, um, you know, to, to teach people. I want to get kids and, 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 and marry them, you know what I mean? And send them yeah, to college. Totally. And that's my, my ultimate goal, you know. And, of course, I love competing. I'm always going to, not always, but I'm always going to present the option to test yourself through competition, but I think because I think it's important, but it's not something I'm going to make them, hey, you have to do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's something, like, imagine a guy like you, you know, like you, you, you have your career, you have your tour and things like that. And I like, you know what, Shanti, how do I do this? I'm like, okay, you set up a plan. Now you're like, you eat better, you focus on your training. Maybe you, you have a vision of your jiu-jitsu that maybe you haven't had. And now you're in, the, you're in the battlefield to test your skill, you know, not your, just your jiu-jitsu skill, but your emotional skill. And also be proud of yourself that you actually did something and you're like, hey, I commit to this. I'm going to do this. It doesn't matter the outcome. And I think that's the mindset I want to have to all my students uh, throughout this process. Yeah, I think to me, that's the magic of the sport is I've seen like the self-development of myself. But man, I've seen people come in and not be able to make eye contact with the person they're talking to. They're timid, they're shy, mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. awkward. And a year later, they're running their own business. They're always like the person that's lighting up the room when they're there because they just needed, like you said, they learned jujitsu in the process, but what they really learned was self-confidence, mm -hmm. you know? And like, for me, you know, the big thing with me, I grew up in a really abusive household. So I've always, you know, my, my brain was developed under the constant threat of violence, you know, like mm -hmm. whether it was in my house or outside my house. So for me, what I noticed after about a year of training was that I started feeling different in crowds and in rooms. I didn't always have that chip on my shoulder that was like, okay, what's going on here? I didn't, I felt mm -hmm. safe, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was not because I felt like I was the baddest dude in the room, but it was like, well, I mean, like by the, I, I think I could logically break it down and be like, okay, well, by the numbers, you know, the odds that there's someone in this room that wants to physically assault me that spends 10 plus hours a week practicing combat mm -hmm. is pretty mm -hmm. small. So, okay, this is something I don't have to worry about. And, mm -hmm. and really working through all those weird thought patterns that I had, you know? Definitely. And uh, going like one step ahead of this, not just your confidence, but your ability to relate 
um, like you just mentioned, you, you were in an abusive household, right? Um, so jujitsu can be very abusive, like, you know, who you train <laughs> with, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, uh, think jujitsu triggers people in very different ways, right? You're talking about a guy that, okay, let's say a guy that's naturally abusive, right? Now he's in a mount position. He's going to shove his elbow on your, on your head, on your face, because that's his nature. Um, and, and people that, you know, suffer abuse or women that are being harassed and, and raped or, 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 you know, hoping that, have, that that didn't ever happen again in humanity, but they are, they see themselves in these situations, even though it's still a sport, but it's in a control situations. Now, for example, let, let's say like you, back on your, your childhood, maybe, maybe someone put you with your face on the ground, right? And now you have that memory on you. And now someone's in your back, put your face on the ground. And that can like, brings you like that emotional aspect. And they'll say, well, that's not so bad. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So now you become comfortable on that situation. Therefore, you'll be able to let go. Mm -hmm. You know, so so I think jiu-jitsu not just gives you that confidence, but gives you the ability to let go of some traumas. You know, when I first trained jiu-jitsu and they put this guy on the top of me, I felt claustrophobic. I never even thought I was claustrophobic. I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, I had this this stigma on me. I was like, oh my goodness. You know what I mean? I was like, you know what? I'm going to put myself in that situation again until I am comfortable. You know what I mean? It, it does help you to deal with your demons, you know, and, and, and not just make you confident because you could just be confident and take all that abusive that's maybe is not like you haven't dealt with it. Mm -hmm. And maybe you will be a bully because now you're taking that in a wrong way. Yeah. And now you're using jujitsu because, okay, like, you know, I can beat everybody in this room. Well, it's like, no, I'm actually okay in my skin. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah, yes. I'm okay in my skin. You know what I mean? I've been, I've been bullied, but now I just feel that now I understand why things happen and I can walk around Earth making beautiful music, man. Yeah. Oh, I love your music, bro. Thank you, man. Well, I, dude, I think everything that you're saying comes down to the teacher, right? Because oh, yeah. if your professor is a bully, then he's going to make a bunch of bullies. You know, if your mm -hmm. professor's goal is self-development and then jujitsu, mm -hmm. that creates a completely different environment. You know, like I remember, I related so much to what you were saying because I had this moment, it was early in my white belt, maybe one stripe white belt. My professor was on his back and he took his gi and wrapped it over the top of my face. And I was like flailing, not even tight. You know, it wasn't even mm -hmm. tight. It was just over my face and I was flailing. And he said to me mm -hmm. in my ear, stop, you can breathe. And I kind of stopped and was like, oh shit, I can breathe. You know, and it was like mm -hmm. in that moment, I was like, man, I was 100% convinced that I couldn't breathe, that I was being, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. completely smothered. And all it took mm -hmm. was him saying, take a deep breath right now. And then going, take a deep breath, yeah. Oh man, I can breathe here. You're right. I'm freaking out for no yeah. reason. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I want to I wanna know a bit, more about your story of like where you grew up, how you got to America, just like where where did you grow up at? And talk a bit about how you found jujitsu growing up. Um, I was born in Manaus. Uh, my dad at the time was a businessman, and uh, he got hired for different banks. Uh, he was like a general general uh, director from uh, the biggest banks uh, in Brazil. Uh, and then he was offered to be, I don't know how you say this, instead of like a manager, he turned into a CEO. 
so to, throughout that process, uh, the, the job didn't work, and they want to offer him, you know, and they up offering him less money and stuff. It's like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to do this. I'll just rather find something else. And then he came back to Manaus because when he was a banker, uh, bank manager in Manaus, uh, he had a lot of connections. So he went back to Brazil, developed different businesses. Um, we did uh, back in the day. He was doing lumber, you know, like he had like Yamaha. Kawasaki, Coca-Cola, he would like sell the lumber parts for, for, uh, for the company to make boxes and sure. box the stuff up, stuff like that. So they have like contracts uh, for pretty much the best and biggest uh, uh, factories uh, in, in Brazil because the Amazon was a free trade. At the time, Amazon was a free trade uh, uh, region in Brazil where the government would help and everything was literally manufactured there. And also, even Coca-Cola was the only place in the world that you actually make the syrup of Coca-Cola, like the sum of Coca-Cola and, and stuff like that. So um, time goes by, you know, I did judo as like, you know, as SPE uh, in another city before I moved to Manaus. So I moved to Manaus uh, and I think my brother found jiu-jitsu first. And which is funny because I always tell the story because even though I didn't know jiu-jitsu, me and my brothers would always grapple. Mm -hmm. You know, we had a little grass area. Instead of fight each other and punch, we're like, oh, let's go to the grass. And then we'd like sat on the grass. Until one day, this kid was in my guard. Um, and he just like, you know, rear naked choke from the front. And I didn't know what to do and hurt my neck. And I get home and I'm complaining about it. And my brother, why don't you go straight to jiu-jitsu? I'm like, what is this jiu-jitsu? Like, you know, come in, come in. So I came in uh, and right away I fell in love. That was 1991. That's oh, when, I, when I started jiu-jitsu. So when Hoist Grace won, I expected it. It's funny because yeah, you, you knew. Say, oh, you yeah. knew. I saw UFC. For me, like, nah, he's gonna do yeah. it because at, at back then the Valetudos, we we kick everybody's ass because nobody yeah. knew Jiu-Jitsu. You know what I mean? Like it was almost like unfair. So anyway, time goes by. Uh, I graduated from a co from from high school uh, in Manaus. Uh, I went to military high school. So the the, the government has these military schools, which is pretty much the best education. Uh, in Brazil, and then I went to law school uh, in Rio. That's when my brother started to travel to America to, to hold seminars, right? So he started to bring me on and to get to know, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I met this guy, uh, Chris Blank, in, in Toledo, Ohio. And we right on, we connected, became, you know, best friends. He's still one of my best friends today. And uh, he wanted to close his school. And I'm like, well, like maybe I'll come in for a little bit and just teach jiu-jitsu and do something fun. So in 2002, I, so I, I closed my college you know, in the fourth year. Um, and then I moved to Toledo, Ohio in 2002, you know, uh, right in the winter, um, you know, just developed from there. You know, I didn't know. We didn't have like the thing about jiu-jitsu at the time. There was no such things in methodology, customer service. <coughs> Excuse me like online stuff that does you you put yellow pages you hand out flyers you you answer calls but there's not even like a procedure now there's a whole process right yeah you know they sign a contract and there's not even a contract it's just a thing and uh yeah my brother the best times of my life you know i learned many things about resilience you know i would come out of my house zero degree outside shit little snow uh i'll come out and i learned the american way and i found out that actually the way the systematic approach of America, we think things in life really, really, really 
caught my eye because, well, I can have a phone for like $30 a month. That's crazy. You know, I can buy a car. Like, you know, the, 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 the easy procedure in many things really made me like, well, that's, that's really cool. But I struggle with students, you know, because like, hey, how much jujitsu? $100. Okay, ciao. I never had his phone, no email. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was a struggle there. Um, I was already a black belt. I was already like Pan Am champion at the time. And then, uh, and then I, I would compete tournaments and like not even make money. You know what I mean? Nowadays, mm-hmm. everyone's so spoiled. You know, every tournament you can make money. And yeah. actually, you, you, you look at blue belts. If they don't make money, they complain. Yeah. You know, so, uh, and also going back to that idea of like San Diego, of Austin, like, you know, I, 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 I'm happy, you know, that, that I got to pave the way and, and position myself very well. Um, you know, I was very, my hard work, my brother's hard work. Uh, we were able to have an association that actually, you know, gave me money. I would travel around and do seminars, MapQuest, you know, I'll be, Literally yeah, driving. seven pages. I'll be, I'll, yeah. be, I'll be driving, you know, in the snow with the, the map, and I'm like, shit, where am I going? You know what I mean? Like, nobody knows. Now you get an iPhone, and you call people, yeah. and you Google, and there's, like, all these things. You know, so I appreciate what I, have, what I did. I learned the culture. I learned English. Well, I already knew English coming in, so my English, I learned how to teach English, and then we understand methodology and procedures and things like that, and and, and that's how my life in the U.S. started. And then um, 2007, that's when I decided to move to San Diego. So we moved to San Diego, we built the University of Jiu-Jitsu, and then, uh, yeah, and then uh, 13 years later, I moved into Austin. And how many schools do you have? Uh, right now, um, I would say around 30, you know, because I had, I had Hibiru Jiu-Jitsu with my brother and then, yep. um, you know, because of business agreement or his idea, what he wanted to do with the business of Jiu-Jitsu, um, you know, wasn't matching mine. And we make a decision to come out. Uh, of course, people that are more aligned with me came, came and joined me. People that are more aligned with him stayed on, under his, uh, his affiliation program, you know? So, but everyone is under the same flag. We all, we all. We all wonder the, the, the six blades, you know, we all flow pressure finish. We all, it's the same thing, you know, I still teach at Hibiru Jiu-Jitsu schools uh, and stuff like that, but I wanted the opportunity to, to actually go and do the, the things that I want to do. And my brother, he's in Brazil. He's actually took a sabbatical. Uh, he's studying, you know, he's a lawyer. So he's studying in Brazil. He spent time with my dad. And it's just amazing that, you know, at his age, he can actually take time off and uh, spend time with family. Uh, and I love jiu-jitsu. I love teaching. I love everything about jiu-jitsu. I love talking about jiu-jitsu. I love teaching <laughs> yeah. jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You know, people, people call the thing, Boshon is going to teach. Yeah, I am going to teach as much as I can. You know what I mean? I can possibly can. You know, of course, I travel and things like that. And, but I love teaching. I love, I love seeing people. I, I, I love seeing people develop. You know, I love seeing people growing, um, you know, and, 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 and also understanding, like I said, how to be a good teacher how to, how to explain something, how to pass a message, uh, and also how to have customer service because Americans are very, are very strict with that. You know, they're not, yeah. like, <laughs> sometimes they're like, ah, I don't care. But in America, you know, the know-how, the know-how of the American way to do business really took Jiu-Jitsu to, a, to the next level. And, and I'm very grateful to be one of the first ones from a whole generation to, to pave this way. Um, you know, and also now you see people that, you know, never had an opportunity in Brazil. Now they're like school leaders. They, they have families, they have houses and they can, 
go back to Brazil and 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 promote you know social projects and, and raise families. For me, for me, this is amazing to see. We go from gangsters and criminals and thugs. I'll just say criminals, but I would say like thugs. You know, people don't go in clubs and fight and treat women wrong. To actually people there came to a country just as in the United States, and you were able to be an example to a whole generation of 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 students. Yeah, man, I think that's so cool. Like my whole thing, you know, the thing that I love about having the podcast is stories exactly like that. Because I think we live in a world where a lot of people, a lot of times due to circumstance, a lot of times due to conditioning, people take whatever's kind of laid in front of them, right? Like happiness and passion are not in the equation. It's okay, well, my dad worked at a bank, so I'm going to work at a bank, you know, mm -hmm. like, and I, I'm just such a big believer that like we only get, as far as I know, we only get to do this life thing once and we only have so much time. And my biggest fear has always been getting to the end of my life and going, oh, man, I didn't do that right. So for me, the things that make me happy, my family, uh, combat sports, music, motorcycles, like these are the things I want to fill my time with, you know? And when we can make a living if jujitsu is your favorite thing and that's how you make your living, like that's the ultimate win. That's like the goal of, to me, I believe that's why we're here is to find what our heart is, what we're passionate about and figure out how to make that our life. Yeah. The, fir the first thing that I, uh, that I like right back then, you know, I, ha I had so many stars I could say, but uh, um, I remember while I was doing law, right. I was, I went to law school. And uh, I was just looking how law works. I was like, okay, there's like so many gaps and so many stuff. I understand where I go. But once I start to understand the actually daily thing, the, the, the least that you actually do is law. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's about how you can hide the truth. And when I start to teach jiu-jitsu, I'm like, I only have, like, I can literally do this the only thing I need to do be is honest and genuine <laughs> to what I'm doing. And next thing I know, I see, like I said, like this, this guy that comes in and can barely say his name. Now he's like, he looks at you and now he's bringing answer to your questions, you know? So, and I found out like, you know, my whole idea in life is, is, is bringing prosperity to people. You know what I mean? Is allowing people through jujitsu to prevail in something in life. You know, I think that's my mission. That's my purpose in life. You know, I was thinking, what's my purpose? Is making money? Is this and that? It's like, and I think with jujitsu, the only thing I have to do is move your arm from place A, place B, and and make you feel that, feel that energy, feel that power, feel the connection with yourself. You know what I mean? With something that we can do for a long time. And, 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 and I'm very happy, man. Like, um, you know, I think the world is going to a process that I think like human connections are, are, are missing a little bit, you know? And I think jujitsu is a very primal, is very primal, you know what I it mean? Is. Just human. It, it takes away everything. You're naked, you know, you're naked. Like literally you're naked underneath a gi. There's nothing that you can do, but, you know, try to save your own clothes from yourself. And, and I'm just very blessed. You know, I've been through injuries. I could have done this. I could have made more money. I could have done all of that. But I think the biggest, the biggest treasure and wealth that I have in my life is my knowledge that I attained through this process. 
and using this knowledge to make people around me grow, not just financially with the business of Six Blades and the academies and things, but make them feel better and make that person make the other person better. And then becomes that the avatar. Ripples. You know I mean? Yeah, it just keeps yeah, going. Yeah, it's the, the avatar lane, you know, whatever you call the avatar. Like everything is connecting. I'm connected to you. Yeah. When we train, like, we didn't know each other. We hug each other. Our face on each other. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is it becomes like, like you become like I said, it becomes very human. Yeah. You know? And I think, and I think grappling, especially jujitsu, it's his most human art that there is. You know, you look at wrestling, like it's a lot of power. You know what I mean? It's explosion and things. If you look at boxing, you're punching someone and things. But jujitsu, no, you can just you can just be the beautiful dance where the worst thing can happen is you tap you know that's the only, maybe that's the worst thing can happen you know <clears throat> excuse me but uh yeah man i'm just grateful that jiu-jitsu is going where it is and i'm still young enough yeah to have health to even be on the mat you know and, and do this and and, 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 and and like victor hugo for example he's 24 Oof. and he's he's such a like people like uh, i took him to 10 planet and he trained with Gabe, right? And Gabe is like 135. <laughs> he's and he's tiny, like yeah. 280. And he's like, bro, training with you is amazing. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's the thing. You know, I, I want people when I walk on the mat, like, I want to train with Sean. I know he's going to kick my ass, but I want to yep. train with him. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where, I, that's where I want my academy to be. You know, I want everyone to like, I don't want to have people like, oh, I don't want to train that guy because he just want to rip my foot or, or show off, you know? That's why we have competition classes, you know? Yeah. When you walk into competition classes, look, it's rough and it's tough. Yeah. So there's no yawning here. If you injure, you let me know, you sit aside, not a problem, you know? But we're supposed to compete now. Yeah. And I think that's that that's where it goes. And- uh, It's good you know, that you have you, that, that separated. Cause I yeah. think that, you know, like our gym used to have this reputation of being a, it's called the Grindhouse, so like already the name is kind of tough, but it was where all of the MMA fighters trained, and we mm -hmm. had we have such a great kids jujitsu program, and we totally have um, a very everyone friendly jujitsu program. Uh -huh. But for some reason, you know, people would come in during the day to see about jujitsu class, which is when all of the pro fighters are there. So you have people sparring in a cage, you have the competitive jujitsu guys smashing each mm -hmm. other on the mat. So they come in being like, oh, I was thinking about trying jujitsu, but I don't know, <laughs> you know, this looks pretty intense. So it's, um, I think it's important to, to tell people that separate because people say all the time, you know, I've had a lot of injuries, man. I've had, a, mm -hmm. I've had some pretty serious ones and people are always like, man, you know, I think about getting into jujitsu, but you know, and I, that's what I always tell people is like, well, you don't have to do it like I did. I got, I was in a really big hurry, you know, mm -hmm. um, there was something about it. Like I got, I got hooked so fast, you know, like I was mm -hmm. contemplating quitting music. I was like super depressed and I went into the grindhouse and it, like, I thought I was going to box. And then my professor was like, well, you grew up wrestling, like just roll with me and see. And I was, he wasn't mean about it, but he was controlling my body in a way that I just never felt. I didn't know that was mm -hmm. possible. I always in my mm -hmm. head had been like, no, I wrestled for 10 years. Like, if someone tried to grapple me, I could handle that. And it turned out that mm -hmm. I couldn't handle that at all, you know? Mm -hmm. So I got hooked. And when I started training, I, for some reason, the blue belt was like, 
I'm going to get that in less than a year. I don't care what it takes, you know? So I just trained nonstop. Mm -hmm. I did two privates a week. I just like, I went all in and then I went and competed and my longest match was like 90 seconds, you know? And I was just like, you know, and then I started getting hurt a lot. That blue belt, Mm -hmm. that blue belt to purple belt was, was a really rough time for me. And like, I just like, I, I, I think about the, the lessons that you learn, which for me, the injuries have always been like, slow down, dude. Like, slow down. Like, you want it? Yes. And it's like, you know, I have so many moments, especially through my white belt, which, which I want to ask you a question about that. Like, I had so many moments during white belt where I was like, this is complete nonsense. Like, I have to quit. You know, like, I'm always sore. I, I hadn't really been injured yet, but I kept getting hurt. You know, I always had something that was hurt. And I always would tell myself like, okay, well, if this is when a normal person would quit, I don't want to be normal. So like, Mm -hmm. if I don't quit now, I probably, you know, I'll I'll become more resilient and I'll I'll quit wanting to quit. Mm -hmm. Um, What's your advice to that, that white belt that wants to quit? Because so many of them do. And I always, for me, it has nothing to do with jujitsu because I've, I've like fallen in love with some of our white belt students. And when they tell me they're not training anymore, I just am like, (sighs) you haven't even gotten any of the good shit yet. And I'm not talking about Mm -hmm. jujitsu. Like there's so Mm -hmm. much that happens during this process that you're going to miss because, you know, because of whatever, like what, what's advice that you give to white belts when they're talking about quitting? I'm I'm not even give the advice for the white belts. I have to give the advice to the senseis, you know what I mean? And how to, to present jujitsu to people, you know what I mean? And the, and the, and the, and make them understand the process. And actually, resting is part of the process. Talking is part of the process. You know, watching a class and not going 100% is, is the biggest part of the process, actually not going 100%. You know what I mean? So there's no formula. Like, oh, are you going to say for a guy that, that don't want to quit? I say, hey, why you want to quit? And then you know, oh, because I'm too sore. Oh, if you're too sore, let's slow down. Let's work on your skill, not your yeah. toughness. Mm-hmm. You know, so in your case, your idea of development was toughness, you know? So what I try to really embed in people's, like, beginnings, like, it's a skill. Learn the skill, you know, because you can be tough. I'm not saying that you're not, but toughness without the skill is a car without, without good tires. You know, and I think it's a process, you know? Uh, when an academy has a program, the white belts, because man, like, unless you have your big ego and you get your blue belt, that's why they say blue belt quit so much because yeah. like, you know, first, first, because, you know, it's a pyramid, you know, nobody stays in forever. So of course, blue belt's going to be the first one. And you have the guy that has a big ego that thinks the blue belt even matters, you know? So if I had to say something, I would say for the instructors, you know, like, how do you develop your, your, your school program? You know, like if the guy comes in, is he, is he a wrestler? Is he a guy? So, okay, maybe I'll, you want a little more? I'll give you a little more. Come to this class, you know, come to our open mats, you know, come in and do this. And you can kind of gauge this way, you know? And, and again, maybe my way is not going to be the way it's going to keep the white belt. Maybe if you would come to one of my schools, you'd be like, nah, that's too soft. Yeah. Maybe you wouldn't have to stay because it's too soft. And some people actually stay because it's too hard, you know? So 
it's, it's the harder, it's the million dollar question. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, well, what it's, do you it's, say to a white? It's funny, you know, like what you said about blue belts of the like, you know, there were, I think, 10 of us that got our blue belt in the same night. There's three of us that got our purple belts. And, and then you go back, and then you go back, why those seven are not there? It, yeah. could, it, it could be so many reasons. 100%. It could be so many reasons. You know, you know I mean? oh, maybe that's not for me or things like that. Or maybe their goal was just like, <laughs> you know, because I, I think at our school, I feel confident saying that like, and I'm sure at yours too, if someone's a blue belt actively training, like their odds of defending themselves against anyone that, mm -hmm. you know, that doesn't have a gun mm -hmm. is pretty good. So, and mm -hmm. I think that's a goal for a lot of people. Like, no, nah, I just kind of want to know, know enough to, to, to feel safe, you know? For mm -hmm. me, I, um, halfway through my blue belt, my professor sat me down and was like, you're, <laughs> you're becoming something that nobody likes, dude. You used to be this light at the gym. Everyone really enjoyed having you around. You were a good student. You always wanted to mm -hmm. learn. Um, and now you'd want to kill everybody. And see, people, that's what yeah. I'm talking about the beginning. You know, yeah. you're learning something in your nature because your nature is that. Because you said in the beginning, me, I had all these things, and, and, and that's what was transforming. And your sensei was good on catching that because it's not just, the, like I said, the human side of jujitsu, the psychological and emotional part of jujitsu is the greatest thing that people need to worry about. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Understand your why. Why are you there? You know? And, uh, and, uh, and, and that's exactly what you said. Like you, you were someone that people are like, I don't want to be with that guy. Like, and now you feel alone. Yeah. You know, and alone. yeah. And it was like, cause I was trying, you know, my brother was always the tough guy. I think growing up, getting my ass kicked all of the time, it had this thing in me where I wanted to prove that I was tough, that I was like, no, I'm tougher than my brother. No, I'm going to be tougher than my dad. Like, I think these were subconscious things that I was working through. And, and soon after that, I herniated two discs or um, had two discs, one herniated and one like popped out so much that um, I couldn't use my right arm, that they told me that I needed surgery. I went to three different surgeons. All three of them said that I needed surgery um, and opted out of that after I met a really magical integrative therapist, but about a month after that injury happened where it was, it was the most painful experience in my life. Like I had two, three weeks where I was getting maybe an hour of sleep a night. I've never as a grown man thought I could cry from pain. And I cried mm -hmm. hours a day and we had a belt test and two good friends of mine were getting their Brown belts. So I said, well, I'm going to go. I obviously can't train, but I get to belt test. And I put my gi on, I just started bawling, like looking at the mat, tying my gi. I just had this moment of like, fuck, what is it about this place and this thing that mm -hmm. has me by my heart? Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to do this forever. I have to, like, I don't care if it breaks my neck or whatever the, the, <laughs> the price is. I must, mm -hmm. this must be in my life. And something really switched there. Like, I, I didn't give a shit about getting a purple belt. I didn't give a shit about who I was beating in the room. I just was like, okay, I have to learn how to do this much softer, much more intentionally. Cause if my goal is I need jujitsu in my life forever, then I clearly can't do it the way that I'm doing it now, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and it became this really beautiful thing because 
my neck was hurt, so I couldn't really roll. So I just was learning legs, just pathways and entries. And then my neck got a little better and I started light rolling and I was hitting those leg entries. And then like I developed a game on accident from mm -hmm. this injury. Um, and like when I came down and saw you guys, man, I hadn't trained in a gi in almost two years because I'd been mm -hmm. all no gi because I was scared mm -hmm. of, you know, my gi getting pulled and yeah. pulling on my neck. So, so I was yeah. doing like all no gi. So that day, which was ironic because I was getting stem cells put in my neck that day, I was like, I'm not going to not go train with <laughs> Sean G and Lovato and Tim Kennedy and all these people in one room. Like I have to do it. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but that was another one of those days, man, where like, that was a huge day for me too, because obviously I'm with a bunch of the greatest in the world, like a bunch of world champions, but just being in the gi again, I was like, Oh shit, I'm real vulnerable. <laughs> like I was like, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. There was so much I didn't remember. So it was like, you know, now I'm kind of coming back and like, no, well, if I want to do this forever and I want to teach, I need to do both, you know, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's such a weird thing that like, I don't know, man, it just grabbed, like, I love jujitsu as much as I love music. I just, wow. I can't get enough of it, man. I love it so much. And like to get to learn from people like you and, and what's really cool, like you were saying earlier, there's this, you could drop you or I into any place in the world like say we're in an airport on the other side of the world and I see someone in a six blades t-shirt, I'm going to go, Hey man, uh, yeah. Shanji's a friend of mine. I'm a, you know, I'm uh -huh. a purple belt under this lineage and boom, yeah. we're friends. We're friends, yeah. you know, like, um, if what's you that? have a gi, you, if you have a gi, two things, you never cold and you always going to have a friend. <laughs> <laughs> man, what is it? What is it like for you since you've been at the beginning to see the, the evolution of the sport like there's just so many weird things that have happened like 10th planet um this rise in nogi like it seems so weird that like you know ibjjf like i remember when i started training like watching the worlds and watching pans like i don't remember anyone even really talking about the nogi pans or worlds it was all the gi why do you think that 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 shift has kind of happened in the last few years um, well, I have to, every time I say something, I have to go through a little bit of history, right? So there's a training system it's called Luta Libre. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's not Lucha Libre. It's not yeah. WWE. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if you remember, if you go back in the day and look at Hickson and, and like Hugo Duarte. So the way Valley to the started was this whole idea of who was the best martial arts. And, uh, and that was those guys from Olipkin, Olipkin Combat, which is like, you know, wrestling, Greco and whatever. They did like, I would say they did catch wrestling. Catch wrestling, yeah. Right. The Brazilian catch wrestlers are the Luta Livre guys. Footlocks, they train their sungas, you know, that's sort of their style. And the Jiu-Jitsu guys had the geese and the, and the Luta Livre guys, some people from the Luta Livre, uh, they did the sungas, like, uh, like you know, sungas like uh like you know like uh, like underwear yeah and the other style were just gi pants and belts mm -hmm. right so i was bruno Silla. so so that was already there for a long time you know there's that was always value to those like no hold barks that was always like even there was a time that what that if you walk around with a jiu-jitsu shirt and some luta livre kids would see you a fight would break like was actually very dangerous for for, for some time that like, oh, what, you were looking at me, like literally it was a 
like if you had like a, a luta livre shirt and I had a jiu-jitsu shirt, that was like reason for a fight. So then what <laughs> happened was um, after a couple of years, um, because they needed to make something more interesting, and I think I think ADCC was what actually helped made everything square up because to make the marketability of a, a jiu-jitsu show, you know, or to make it interesting the rivalry had to be instigated. So they start to bring the Nogi guys and they say, hey, you Gi guys, can you guys take the Gi off and go to these matches? And that's where things started. And now ADCC is going on. And now an opportunity to, to um, you know, to make money and be a professional grappler, I would say, um, it started to show up, you know? So, um, and with time, I think the Jiu-Jitsu community accept the fact that actually there is a market let's put it this way and actually that's actually cool to do it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and nowadays if you have a jiu-jitsu school and you don't have a nogi class you, you know you may look like there's schools that do a lot of just keys right but you're missing a point there you know so i think that the, the nogi you know and i think it started Pretty much with Eddie Bravo, you know, he just, I think he just wanted to do something. At one time I was talking to him, like, yeah, you know, uh, I'm doing this for the MMA because you're not using a gi in MMA. I was, well, but you're losing a whole, a whole big spectrum of it that I believe with, with jiu-jitsu, you know what I mean? Because you can still teach gi and make the guy aware of a fighting system because I don't teach grappling, I teach fighting. You know, when a novice comes in, I teach him jujitsu in a fighting perspective. And because once he has that awareness of fighting, grappling becomes easy. But if you switch that, you can't do it because once you are a peaceful grappler, it's hard for you to understand a punch, a yep. positioning that requires punching. You know, and you look at guys like Roger and Damien that mix to so it's not a straight science. You can't say that, you know, uh, you know, for you to be good at MMA, you only have to know gi. It's about acquiring knowledge. So fast forward to what's happening today is that unfortunately the gi, like, you know, there's no, there's not too many higher level gi competitors besides Brazilians. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, 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 and this narrative that, oh, no geese taking over. I'm like, well, I'll say marketability of no geese <laughs> yeah. better yeah. because, you know, you have guys that if they put the gi on, probably never make it. You know, if you put like all these great no gi guys in a world championships, we're still going to have only Brazilian finals besides yeah. Lovato or, or, or the guys from Lloyd Irving and a few, few other Americans. And that's why I think no gi became big, you know, because of, you know, of course, Eddie's on UFC and Joe Rogan, he's, he talks a lot about that. And, and, and some people like, oh, like, and then they start like, oh, the gi, you're grabbing the gi. That's like, you know, which I understand because it can be very boring. You know what I mean? Like, like it can be very boring. I think people that don't know watching it, they're like, there's so much stalemates where it's like, why aren't they doing yeah, anything? Yeah. It's like, well, if yeah. he does that, then he fucks himself. So that's why he's not doing it. Yeah, that. like like for example, when when you commentate no gi, you guys say, okay, he's he's trying to grab his leg and he tried to grab his arm because he wants to take his arm. It's so easy. Anyone can understand that. 
But I go, oh yeah, you know, he's looping his foot over his bias. Now he's grip on the left hand, he's stopping the guy from the, it's like, what are you doing grip? Are you yeah. doing hell? Like, yeah. I think the understanding from an average, you know, fan, the jujitsu with the gi, uh, it, it, it's very complicated. You know, if you don't know jujitsu, you, you probably would not appreciate so much. Yeah. But a nogi, because it's moving, there's action, and you know what I mean? And, and they're moving, and they're jumping, and there's wrestling, and it's easier to understand. So that's why the marketability of nogi is greater than gi. But there's no, no such things as like, you know, it's taking over. It's just a narrative to like maybe create waves. I think one feeds the other. Um, same thing, the evolution of jiu-jitsu, you know, like I remember back in the day, if you footlock someone, the whole the whole the whole <laughs> gymnasium would boo you. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Like footlocks, like why people don't like footlock? I just don't like footlock, but that's not my style. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't say I don't like it. It's just not my style. I'm not good at it. You know, I can teach it. I can teach people to be really good. I was actually talking to Victor Hugo today. In my whole 30 years of jiu-jitsu, check this out. In a gi, I have one footlock finish ever. <laughs> no leg locks ever no toe holds ever with the gi i have never leg lock a guy in a tournament no gi and it's funny in gi with another funny statistic is that my first submission ever in the gi was a footlock <laughs> <laughs> my first ever was a footlock and i have never finished anybody in a gi below the waist no gi I have one foot lock and two leg locks and no toe holds. It's it's insane. You know what I That's mean? crazy. Because, and I have students that do left and right. Yeah, Victor, Victor had a cool one a few months ago where he switched. Oh, he yeah. had that straight ankle and switched to a heel hook belly down. It was yeah, so with slick. The team. Yeah, so, you know, and I train. You know, I'm always doing leg stuff. I always try. But like I said, it's just not my mastery. My mastery is something else. You know, and now you're seeing even the gi, you know what I mean? If you look at gi, 50% of the fights, a bunch of stalemate footlocks, you know yep. what I mean? And, and, and make facing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> those, are the things, those are the things that make the gi not so appealing. You know, but, but again, just as a whole, I think the marketability of no gi at this moment because of the international ability of, of athletes, it's way better. Well, look at uh, who's number one. There's no Brazilian winners. Everybody lost. Yeah. Half a half. Of well, I think only. there's, I think there's something too about like you're saying with ADCCs is there's like, you know, you have this weird Sambo influenced, like crazy Eastern European guys like mm -hmm. Khabib or, you know, like that style of grappling. And then you have like, which is awesome, by the way. Sambo's totally. Cool. Yeah, super Combat cool. Sambo, dude, is yes. amazing. Yes, And, like, dude, I had a friend in North Carolina that just did an MMA fight in a gi, and he won by flying bow and arrow, which, oh, like, wow. there needs to be way more of that. Like, yeah, I think yeah. MMA fighting in a gi is so cool. But, like, we always tell people, you know, I live in Montana. People wear coats here eight months of the year. So mm -hmm. it's, like, it behooves you to know how to control someone while they're wearing a jacket. You know, like there's a, there's a lot that can happen. When yeah. Someone's and in I just to tell people like the, the, the gi, you know, not, not just like we talk about applicability like this, but it's just fun. Super fun. People just understand that like, I have literally a whole body worth of options. Yep. Every single centimeter of your body is an option because you wear in a kimono. Yep. And 
Come on, man. A gi is cool as fuck, man. It is. You put it the is. gi on, <laughs> you're like a little samurai, you're like a freaking anime. <laughs> You know, you go around like the the the, the dragon slayer, or whatever mm -hmm. demon slayer dudes. You know, you're like a freaking Naruto, dude. I love being a gi, man. I walk yeah. around like I wish I could just walk around the gi the whole time. <laughs> go to the grocery store with my black belt on. I'll be like like the the the, the sumo guys in Japan. You know, mm -hmm. they, they, they walk around like you know what I mean. It's amazing. So walking knows. my spats and my rash guard, I don't think it'll be cool. But dude, just walking on my gi, you know, boom, be so cool. I'll, I'll, I'll totally be that guy. <laughs> well, the thing, the thing that I loved about the gi too is in no gi there is this thing where, and in the gi too, I guess. But in the gi, there's so many sneaky options. Like, yeah. if I'm getting pressured and overpowered by someone that's bigger than me in no gi, it's a problem, and I only have so much movement. Where like when I was you know, early in my blue belt, I got really into loop chokes and then really into Ezekiel's from weird places. Like I could hit cool. Ezekiel's from really weird yeah, places. Yeah. And I always liked that, that like, I could have a big guy on top of me and pretend like I was like, you know, mm -hmm. trying to just like survive and then whoop, like whoop, yeah, put an yeah, Ezekiel yeah. on him. And then like, yeah, boom, uh, you thought you were just winning and now you have to tap. And like, yeah. So the, yeah, I think with the gi, there's like, I also think like, if you're really good in the gi, you're going to be good without a gi on. Whereas like, mm -hmm. if you're really good the without probability, a gi. The probability for sure is yeah. easier to go from like from gi to no gi than, than no gi to gi. Yeah. And some people, man, some people suck in no gi. I can see like some guys, if they don't have a cloth. Again, but now this idea that people, some people like literally is, it's oil and water when they take the gi off because they're very like reluctant, like, they can only do jujitsu if they're grabbing something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I tell people that my jujitsu that I type to, that I that I that I aim to teach is the same gi or no gi. Positional, positional is the same. You know, with of course some adaptations when you have the levers. You know what I mean? But the idea is the same. And people say, oh, no gi is not too technical. No, no gi is technical as hell because you have to have positioning, adjustment, and timing. Mm -hmm. without the gi you can slack on positioning and adjustment because you have the gi you know mm -hmm. what i mean so you can do strength you can pull you can push you know and i think i i, I try to, to my mind now is like you can't not like split them apart through jiu-jitsu is them both together mm -hmm. you know what i mean that's why I like oh i only teach gi mm. i only teach no gi mm. So you could, you should actually almost create a, a different name for what you're doing. You know what I mean? And it's just beautiful, man. It's just beautiful to see families, artists, people like you, like your story, you know, and saying like, when people say, man, if it wasn't for Jiu-Jitsu, I wasn't big. This makes me like, makes me so like, it's so much worth it. It's just worth it. You know, it's worth to do what I do, what we do. And, 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 and every day I'm working on myself. I read, I listen to people because I am in a position that I can, I can get thousand guys like you that can say, Hey man, because of jujitsu, I, uh, I, uh, you know, I changed my life, not because of me, you know? And I think a lot of people like have this idea, like be loyal to me. I did this for you. No, jujitsu did it for you. You know what I mean? Let's talk about jujitsu, not about ourselves. You know? And I think that's where some teachers, they 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 get it wrong because they think they did it no 
we don't do it. We, we're just the messenger, though. You know what I mean? I'm That's... just the hand of the creator changing around you. But everything is jujitsu, man. It's the gentleness of the skill that's doing it. It's not me. That's funny, man. I say the same thing about music. I, you know, there's this like, in, in Native American culture, it, at least out here in this part of the country, the chief was determined on like, who was the most common, you know, who could talk to everybody. And that's something that I always keep here. Cause I always say that when people are like, yo man, you changed my life. And I'm like, no, this music changed your life. I channeled it, decided to share it. And the music changed your life. I am just a fucking guy. This music mm -hmm. is something that's greater than me that like you said, this comes from another place. I'm blessed enough to be able to translate and hand mm -hmm. it over. Mm -hmm. But like, you're the one that listened to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I put it out, you listen to it. I think the same thing with jujitsu, like it's, it's so wild. You know, I think that the people that don't train don't understand, you know, I saw two, three close friends get their black belt in the same night. And I could, I just was crying. I just, cause I knew, I knew what went into that. I knew what that acquired for mm -hmm. them to get that black belt. And I was, I've, I don't, I've never been that happy for a friend, you know, and to have three of my close friends get their black belt in the same night, who really, I look at so much of my jujitsu that I got from them. And now they're getting their black belt. It was just this like crazy night of just like, man, like it's fucking magic. And we're like, Oh, definitely. And Will, my professor, said something to me the night that I came to belt test um, with my, when my neck was all messed up. He came over and I was like, you know, he could just tell I was emotional. And he goes, do you get it now? You know, he's like, this isn't, it's not about fighting, man. We're living our lives together and we're learning as we go. That's what mm -hmm. it's about. Mm -hmm. Fighting's over here. Like, yes, that's technically mm -hmm. what we're doing, but that's not why we're here. You know, mm -hmm. like, I think that's so important. Like. Like I said, man, I think that's what makes you so special is that you can tell that jujitsu is really your spiritual path. It's not just something you do. You're not just trying to make killers. Um, mm -hmm. Speaking of killers, though, so how did you meet Victor? Because when I was down there, Victor and Felipe were with you guys. Mm -hmm. And I don't think either of them have lost a single match since I was down there. Yeah, uh, Victor, um, he was actually through Gustavo. Gustavo Diaz is one yep. of my black belts. So when Victor was like a blue belt, he needed a place to stay in. Uh, he knew, of course, me and Saulo and stuff like that. So he needed a place to stay in San Diego. So he reached out and Gustavo lived with uh, Mike. So Mike is, uh, you know, God have him. He was a guy that made, he helped every single Brazilian in San Diego, man. You need a room to stay, you need food, he'll help you. So, and, and, and Gustavo used to leave with Mike for that period of time and say, well, come and stay here. So he was a blue belt, like 15 years old, 16 years old. And, uh, you know, and he came to train, you know, I, I actually, I didn't meet him right away. My brother met him first and that's how it started, you know, and he came in and we trained and a lot of, talent and we took him as one of us you know like uh you know i don't i don't put myself above anybody for me he was a kid that was there super you know shy kid you know shit little pimples in his face um you know that's how it started you know he kept coming back he kept coming back until uh he made a decision to because he trained at a, at a, at a school in brazil and uh, when uh, he decided to represent our team and then we talked to his teacher, it's like, yeah, man, that's what he wants. 
you know, he wants to be a champion and you guys are awesome and go with him. And it's been since, man, he's a, he's a gentle giant, you know? He's yeah. A, yeah. That's, he's that's, such, I got that from all of you guys like that to me, what is so crazy was like to come back home and everyone to be like, man, what were those guys like? Cause I think there's this thing of like, okay, you have these multi-world champions. There's this like, oh, you know, it must be that like Michael Jordan mindset of like, I'm fucking better mm -hmm. than everyone. Like no one can mm -hmm. stop me. I was like, no, dude, they were like the sweetest, most humble dudes ever. Like, unless mm -hmm. they told you that they, you know, unless they were to say, oh yeah, I'm a black belt in jujitsu. You're like, you wouldn't know. Cause it was just like, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's so amazing, people, man. When people train with me, for example, especially guys like you and, and that's why there's competition. Right. And if I go off a mat and someone say, oh, Sean didn't tap me, I don't care. You know what I mean? Some guys would say that. Some guys would go, man, it was so fun. You know, I want people to feel that. Like, oh, how was training with him? Like, so fun. Did he tap you? Like, it doesn't matter. I want the person <laughs> to forget, like, what it is. Because I probably, I let people pass my guard when I train with team. Even me and team, man, we grab each other, like we literally caress each other when we train, <laughs> you know, because, uh, uh, you know, he got injury and, 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 and our, our relationship as far as training is different. We just like being there with each other, yeah. you know, and he, he gave me, he, him and team and Rob from Rogue Command, they gave me a home and they, they took me as, a, as friends, you know. And uh, yeah, man, Victor Hugo, he's the type of guy that, you know, the type of guy that he's so big as a, as a human, that he makes himself small, mm -hmm. so makes you bigger. Yeah. And if you sit around him on a table, he always gonna be lower than you. Yeah, that's the type of personality. You know what I mean? He's so so humble, and and uh, and that's how it goes. And Philippe was his friend from the same area. And uh, Philippe came about a year ago. Uh, you know when we when you know I opened Six Blades and Victor came with me, and I'm like Victor. You know, like we need to do this. We need people. You need people. You know, I'm 40 years old. I can't. I can't. Like I can't be a force to train you because I train because I know you. So I can be tough for you, but we need bodies. You need like massive people. It's like oh, there's this guy, and Philippe is another one, man. You know what I mean? Like he's a he's a physiotherapist in Brazil. Super well spoken. Super cute. Super very, very manners, you know, very respectful. He calls me sir, sir here. I'm like, oh, just call me Shanji, it's okay, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, and, and, and that's the people, you know what I mean? That's the people that, that really we're gonna drive in. People that like, like when Gabe told, he said, Vitor, it's amazing to train with you. You know what I mean? Like, not like, oh, you smash me. You yeah, totally. I mean? you, you made me feel less than I, you know, that I am. And, and, and I think that's what it is, man. Like, Jiu Jitsu is about raise people. You know, let's rise people, let's rise people in love. You know what I mean? Not fall in love. So rising to love, I think that's what it is. Especially like I like Victor and his humongous. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, so and, fucking uh, fast though. Like I've dude. never seen anyone that big move that quick. It's so mind bending yeah. to watch him. Like yeah. it's gonna Even be with me. Yeah, it's with me, like he pushes me and he's so cute and he's so gentle with me, you know, and he can tap me and he never loses the respect. And I think also the day that's that part sorry to interrupt you like people measure the respect they have to you for their ability to smash you you know what i mean and i think when you build a competitive environment once someone smashed you they think they don't need you you know what i mean they think like oh i'm better than you so the idea of being better is not about 
better on yourself and how can you be a better human but, but more how can i be better than you mm-hmm. now i deserve something because i'm better than you like belt measurement why this guy is a proper belt and a blue belt you know things like that you know and i think vitor is a perfect example you know of course some days he's smashed the fuck out of me mm-hmm. you know but like you know we get out it's just like i'm still his his, his big daddy you know his big brother and and then and, and, and that's that's how it goes that's how it should go i think yeah, you know, I, it's funny, there's like the, the healthy competition in the gym and unhealthy. There is a, a dude named Clay, and we started at the same time. And we only see each other every couple months. And it's always whenever we see each other in the room, we like kind of lock eyes like, okay, we have to see where we're both at, like who wins today, because it goes mm-hmm. like this. It's this mm-hmm. ever-changing thing. Sometimes we roll yeah. and I absolutely smash him. Other times he rolls and I'm like, fuck, dude, how did you get this good in two months, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's um, as long as not reckless. No, you know no. I mean? As long it's like I'm gonna. Uh, it's like this. I'm gonna jump on your foot to break your. Yeah, foot yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. It's you very much I mean? about gonna, that. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna wrist lock you just to get a tap. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing about this, just to get a tap. Yeah. That's I think where things can go south. Yeah. Let me dominate you. Let me see if I'm working on that thing. Okay, I'm working on this thing. Okay, let me see if I can work on him. You yep. know what I mean? I, and I think that's the beautiful battle about Jiu-Jitsu, you know, and especially the Gi because there's so many variants on it. You know, it can, you can't slow down, but like I'm going to choke you in your face just yeah. to set, get, go home. And that's where it becomes toxic. Yeah, and I think the, the competition of, like you just said, to me, that's what it is. I'm like, okay, I've been working this leg pummel in this entry or, or whatever the hell for the past few months. Clay is a really hard role. If I, if I can hit it on clay, then it's real. You know, yeah. if, it, if I can't hit it on clay, I have to keep working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I love that too. And, and like we were saying before with like the family aspect, I have so many people at our gym that I see every few months, you know, mm-hmm. and when we see each other, it's like, it's like seeing a long lost brother, you know, or it's like, yeah. and just having this network of people I don't remember the last time I saw Clay. We'll just keep using his as an example. But I could call him and be like, hey, dude, I'm three hours from your house and my truck's broke. He'd be like, okay, yeah. cool, man. Send me where you're at. I'll be there. And, you know, my brother, my big brother, um, my brother-in-law, he just opened a school in Kentucky. He's a brown belt under Carlson Gracie. And he, um, you know, he had, when he was moving from Chicago, <clears throat> he's like, okay, well, you know, we're all meeting here at 6 a.m. Sure as shit there's 10 dudes there all from the academy ready to help us move, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah. that's the stuff. Like for me, that's what I feel bad about when people quit is I'm like, man, there's yeah. this whole thing you're going to miss. And it's not jujitsu. Like you're literally <laughs> have this family. And I think as men, especially as they get older, they, their friendships kind of become predicated on dumb shit right like it's like Mm -hmm. oh i have friends that i go get drunk with every once in a while oh i have Mm -hmm. friends that i watch football with every once in a while where it's like when you're sweating bleeding crying having these emotional breaks in your training with other people for years and years and years like you said there's this closeness that happens that's like it's second to none it's like Mm -hmm. no dude i've i've seen you at your highest i've seen you at your lowest like that's it, man. That's the coolest thing Jiu-jitsu in the world. Jiu-jitsu don't lie. No. And, and like you said, you know, like, to me, that's what I love about jiu-jitsu. I think is like, especially in, in my line of work, um, 
so much merit is put in how many people know you and and all oh, this just dumb shit. And when I go into an academy, I'm like, it doesn't matter. None of that matters in here. Like what you do out there is irrelevant. It's like, mm-hmm. is your jujitsu good? Or are you willing to work on it? Like mm-hmm. for me, that's what it is now. And I think like, I just hit this weird stride. You know, I'm a two stripe purple belt now. And I just am like, I'm so, I want to say disenchanted with belts, but I just am like, I don't care. Like I just, I want to do it forever. I'm not going to be a world champion. That's not my goal. My goal is to do jujitsu for as long as I can. And really like to show other people, you know, to share it with other people and, and, and whether that looks like teaching down the road or not, like I um, showed one of our white belts, this Dar setup. Cause he would always end up where someone was turtled and he'd go, you know, like North South, but chest to back. And he would like try and do this weird arm and guillotine. And I showed him the Dar's choke and we, we went over it for like 45 minutes. I was just letting him hit it on me, hit it on me. He went to a tournament in Arizona, hit it on three people in a row and won the tournament. And I've like, I've never felt joy like that, you know, where it was like, uh-huh. had nothing to do with me. It was just like, Oh shit, you use the thing, you know? And like, I remember uh-huh. when Mikey showed me the Dar's choke and now it's yours. Uh-huh. And like, yeah, yeah. So to me, that's the magic. Um, well, dude, I have one thing that I wanted to ask you um, for people wondering, what does six blades mean? Six blades is our, is our pillars, you know, what means for us, uh, you know, the samurais had the Bushido, we were the six blades, you know, the first one, the first blade is the family. So there are six blades, of course, family, respect, honor, loyalty, attitude, and discipline. You know, of course, there are some of those pillars that can be dedication, can be determination, you know, or, or other things, you know, justice and uh, benevolence, you know, which the Bushido uh, will bring, you know. So the first blade is the family, you know, and it has a lot to do with like my relationship with my brother and, and how we saw ourselves uh, going to this world, you know, and family, you know, Jiu-Jitsu is a big family, like we're saying, mm-hmm. you know, there's the family you're born, there's the family you choose. And Jiu-Jitsu is the family we choose and uh, definitely when you think about martial arts and uh, being an environment and a social environment is about respect you know what i mean respect yourself first and then respect the people because the people don't respect i think when like you don't respect someone is a lot of lack of self-respect you know what i mean i think that's how it goes you know and i uh, you know don't do to others what you don't want to do to yourself and i think that's how it goes have manners and things like that and definitely honor you know you were born with a name and you have one thing that I think that I think that we say that a lot, you know what I mean? That's one thing that a man could never lose is the honor, not only only his attitude, but his word. You know, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. You won't know what you're saying to yourself, the commitment, you know, and uh, loyalty. And uh, one thing that I say about loyalty and that can expand to a lot of moral aspects on ethics on the game, it's no loyalty from me to you. It's loyalty to the principles that we share, you know, and then go back to that idea of the of the teacher that, you know, have loyalty to me. I'm like, no, I have loyalty to the principles that we share. And if we still share the same principles, yes, I'm gonna have loyalty to you or what we agree that, you know, uh, is right and it's just. And Above all this, have the positive attitude, you know, have the attitude to stand up for yourself and to have 
the right action through the the, the hardships or the or the, or the you know the good things in life you know have the attitude to to go and do the what's positive and, and 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 empower your friend and have a beautiful attitude because I think when you the attitude uh, is, is 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 everything of about your your like your essence you know what I mean attitude is is your essence in emotion and I think that's what I believe and the and the base of everything is discipline man you know discipline I think is something that is lacking in a lot of people not just discipline as like being a hard worker is a discipline to wake up every day, have the commitment to, to do what needs to be done when no one's watching, you know? Like, to be good, is, you need to have discipline. To train, you have to have discipline. To eat right, you have to do this discipline because discipline is what stops the evil from eating you. You know what I mean? It's not just the good because sometimes you're not motivated. Sometimes, especially motivation is gone. You know, because a lot of people need to be motivated to do good. But when you have discipline and you respect your principles, and then everything is 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 an alignment to your to your purpose, your intention in life. So, those are the six blades. Love it, man. Before I let you go, I wanted to share something with you. After we trained, you sent me a message, and I think it was like just right after you would listen to the music where you would, you had said, you know, I tell all of my fighters to fight with their essence. Like you just said, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, your music is beautiful. Like that's what your essence is. So, mm-hmm. so do that. And I just wanted to share with you <clears throat> on this like path of me kind of like rediscovering what jujitsu looks like for me that hit me in a really powerful way because I, I, I feel like I'm approaching training differently. Like there's, there's no aggression in it. Um, I'm not, I only want to do things if it's, if it's beautiful and if it's clean, you know, I don't want to like, I used to love to like be in a really crazy scramble and like, you know, would pride myself on like being bloody and like, no, no, I'm still fucking going. And like, now I like, Mm -hmm. it's the opposite of how I train. I train really gentle and I train really smooth. Um, even when competition goes up, right? Even, even when training gets intense, um, that kind of echoes in my head. I wanted to share that with you because it always kind of brings me back of like, he can do whatever he does. That's his essence. Your mm-hmm. essence is beauty and calmness. So mm-hmm. do beautiful jujitsu and stay calm. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to share with you that that, that, that has, you. has really stuck with me, man. And, it's, and it Thank happens you. when Thank I'm you. rolling. As intensity Thank rises, you. I'm like, nope, that's him. That's not me. You know. Exactly. You know, I don't have I don't have to keep up with that with that craziness. You know, I just do, doing being me, and uh, I'll do me, and I'll defend myself, and I'll protect my home base, and uh, I'll protect my essence. You know, and and the way to see that, that sometimes that I teach when I teach jujitsu to people, like protect your essence too. So a lot of me don't let any bad energy get close to your chest. <laughs> you know, yeah, people, yeah. and then they get it. You know, yeah, I mean? totally. It, especially like, uh, you know, I guess because you're a spiritual man, you were man you know, a music man and like, like, you know, when you talk about your chakras, you know, like your heart, you know what I mean? Like this is, this is communicating with the world all the time. You know what I mean? You think and then gets filtered here and it goes back in the form of your voice. You know, I think that's, that's, that's how it goes a lot. You know, and sometimes it's just a, it's just your body telling you and your heart feel it. And it comes out through your, through your essence, because if you don't sing, like, I think like, going going that idea you say oh i thought about 
quit music, it's because you lost maybe what your essence was because you're just babbling words, you know? But now when you rediscover something that you love, you know, you, you, you become you again. I am, right? Yeah. It's like your music, right? And then you can, you can, you can, you can, you can speak from your heart and that, and that, and that can vibrate in the same level what you feel and what you want to put out. And, and of course, there's always the, the mind that, you know, put logic in it. But then later on, logic became what you are too, because it's filtered by your intention and your essence. And, and I love it, man, you know, and, and definitely we should always train jiu-jitsu, make music, whatever, become rich and never lose, you know, our, our base. And you know, because I think that's what uh, life is about, you know? Yeah, well, you're living it, man. You're carrying a torch in a really beautiful way. I'm great. I'm really grateful to know you. And I'm grateful that you took an hour and 20 minutes to talk to me, man. I really appreciate you taking time. Um, we'll be down there in December. Like I said, man, we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely hang. Um, I'm definitely. bringing my motorcycle too. Cool. So if you want to yeah, go, let's for, do it. Let's go for a uh, ride. Please show me the way, show me uh, whatever, because I'm trying to get like tracks and stuff, but I haven't had making any motorcycle friends. Uh, maybe I'll have to change my motorcycle. Brigham. We bought, we, we made Brigham buy a motorcycle when we were down there last time. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. I thought about changing my motorcycle because my tank is small. So I think I'm going to change it just because I love my motorcycle. Uh, I wish I could afford another one, but maybe I'll just get a, change it just so I have a bigger tank and I can go to longer rides. Yeah. Well let's, yeah, we'll go hit the West Hills. We'll go for a ride when I'm down there. Cool. For sure. Uh, all right, bro. It. Thank you so much, man. I'll talk to you Thank soon. You. All right, y'all. That was Shamji Hibiro. Um, I have so many fucking cool guests lined up for the podcast. We're getting ready to go on tour, so I'm trying to stack them so none of these will be in real time. These will all be pre-recorded because recording podcasts on the road um, could be a task. Actually, no. Fuck it. I can do it. We have the internet. I'm not even using a microphone right now to record this. Um, Yeah, we'll see what happens. But I... um, I'm super excited about this podcast. Cooler and cooler people keep saying yes. People that I'm really excited to talk to and share with y'all. Um, yeah, as always, you guys, thank you for listening. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, all of that cool stuff. Um, <clears throat> podcast brought to you by Onnit. Um, as I mentioned in the intro, every day I take a thing called the Total Human Um you know, it's all of their flagship proprietary products. There's Strongbone in there. There's Alpha Brain in there. There's Gut Health in there. There's Krill Oil in there. There's B Vitamins in there. And what's dope is they come in these two little packages that are connected when you pull them out. One for the morning that is orange, one that is blue for the night. So you just don't even have to think about it. You're fully supplementing your health in this prepackaged way where previously how I was doing it was buying a shitload of other supplements that I had researched so I knew they were good and had my little like grandpa pill holder thing and would take, you know, these fucking seven pills a day sourced from all these different areas. With the Total Human, you're getting high grade, amazing supplements that are prepackaged for you. You open the morning one, you take it with breakfast. You open the night one, you take it with dinner. Boom. Optimized. Supplementation done. If you're interested in the Total Human, which I highly recommend, go to onnit.com, use code SATSANG at checkout, and you will get yourself a nice little discount. Um, huge shout out to Onnit. So grateful 
to be a part of the Ana Pro team. And God bless y'all for listening to the podcast. Go train, drink water, go fucking get some, man. We only got one life as far as I know. Let's go fucking live it. God bless y'all. Thank you for listening.